please rise. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Today we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. The prophet Zechariah foretold the coming of the promised king, who would bring salvation to his people. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you, righteous and having salvation is he. The name we love, the name of Jesus, means God saves or salvation. An angel told Joseph to take Mary as his wife and said, She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people, people from their sins. The apostle Peter on trial for preaching the good news about Jesus said, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under the heavens given among men by which we must be saved. The Apostle Paul wrote about Jesus' saving work, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. Let us confess our sins to God and ask his forgiveness. Almighty God. Today, we celebrate the grace of God, revealed in the gift of his Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The holy child of Bethlehem was born among us to suffer, die, and rise to bring us forgiveness of sins and eternal life. I announce to you that your sins are forgiven in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, on the joyful day, we offer our thanks and praise for the gift of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Holy Child of Bethlehem was born among us to bring us salvation through his humble birth, his perfect life, and his suffering, death, and resurrection. We confess Jesus as Lord, and we love his holy name, the name by which we are saved. As we celebrate his birth, help us to walk in love as our Lord walked and in the power of the Holy Spirit to share with others the good news of salvation through faith in Jesus. Hear our prayers and accept our praise in his holy name. We sing, What Child Is This?
Please be seated. Merry Christmas. The Old Testament reading today is taken from Isaiah 1, 12, verses 2 through 4. Behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and will not be afraid. For the Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, Give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name. Make known his deeds among the peoples. Proclaim that his name is exalted. This is the word of the Lord. 
The epistle is found in 1 Thessalonians 5, 8 through 11. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, having put on the breastplate of faith and love, and for a helmet, the hope of salvation. For God has not destined for us, us for wrath, but to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just as you are doing. This is the word of the Lord. Please rise for the reading of the gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the first chapter. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light, that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God who were born, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. We sing the hymn of the day, Hark the Herald Angels Sing.
Grace, peace, and mercy from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning I want to share some words from Psalm 85, verses 1 to 7, but especially verse 7, which reads, Show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. That's our text. Walking with God is not always an easy stroll. We like to think of it that way, though. Forever peace and constantly walking, singing hallelujahs. And always that God is for us and with us. And that he always has something good to say about you and me. In one of Charles Schultz's Peanuts cartoons, you all remember, remember Peanuts? Okay. You might be able to read it, you might not, but I will share it with you. Um, so Lucy admits to Charlie Brown that she gets discouraged at times. And Charlie, as he often does, makes the mistake of responding by saying, well, Lucy, life does has its ups and downs, you know. And that sends Lucy off into one of her most common things, tirades. And she says, but why? Why can't my life be all ups? If I want all ups, why can't I have them? Why can't I move from one up to another up? Why can't I just go from an up to an upper up? (laughs) And then she finally proclaims this. I don't want any downs. I just want ups and ups and ups. And Charlie, as he always does, before she boots him, responds. And, she, and she sa- he says to her, you know, um, there are ups, there are downs. And he looks at her and he says, I can't stand it. And what he can't stand is Lucy screaming out loud that she wants ups and more ups and doesn't want any downs. Now, I don't know about you. I kind of side with Lucy a little bit. I would love to have all ups. But the reality of the world that you and I live in is that it just doesn't work that way. Life with God doesn't work that way either. Life with God has its ups and has its downs, not because God is wishy-washy or finds it hard to maintain a healthy relationship. Life with God has its ups and downs because you and I tend to be a bit wishy-washy and because we have a hard time maintaining our relationship with God. The truth is, left to ourselves, our relationship with God would have been over a long, long time ago. And this is true for, for all individuals. The psalmist in Psalm 85, I think, gives us good evidence of it. So it's almost as if, I think, the psalmist was looking forward with the idea of Christmas. And because and, I think he, in Psalm 85, he gives a description of what Christmas really is. And even though we'll never sing Psalm 85 as a Christmas carol, it takes us to Christmas beautifully. The writer of of the psalm moves through three sets of feelings as he moves through the three tenses of past, of present, and future. The first three verses of Psalm 85, he reminds us of a time when God turned from anger. He forgave Israel of its sins. And he prospered her land for them and their fortunes. It was an up time for Israel after a down time. 
And I think we can all remember times in our own walks of life with God that we've had probably a relatively good, strong, and rich relationship. And that's how this psalm starts out, nostalgically remembering the good old days with God that were simply beautiful. It was, if you will, a Psalm 23 day, you know, with green pastures and thou art with me, confident that a banquet table would be prepared for all. And then he switches to verses 4 through 7. And in 4, verse, 4 through 7 of Psalm 85, we discover that things have taken a downturn in the present. Some students of the Bible think that this psalm has been, was first written soon after the Jewish exiles had returned to their homeland after 70 years of captivity in Babylon. And when they returned, their land was desolate. Their walls of the temple had, had been broken down and remained in ruins. And the inhabitants of the land did not welcome the Israelites back with open arms. So the psalm writer in verse 4 prays for God to restore his people and not be angry with them. When he asks the rhetorical question in verse 5, he says, Will you, Lord, be angry with us forever? One sense is that the psalmist knows the answer, and the answer is no. Then he asks a second rhetorical question in verse 6. He says, Will you not revive us again so that we may rejoice in you? And once again, as you read the psalm, you get a sense that the psalmist knows the answer there also. And the answer is yes. The psalm writer's past experience has shown that God's love repeatedly trumps his anger and that God is always willing to revive us. And then in verse 7, the psalm writer prays what could be our Christmas prayer today. He says, show us your steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. In other words, give us a sign. Make it clear beyond a shadow of a doubt that you love us and that you will save us. We often, I think, live a messy life, asking for one revival after another, restoration after restoration. And Israel's holy history read that way. Our life with God can look that way also. In the final verses of the psalm, verses 8 to 13, the psalm writer takes the, the listener, you and I, or he takes the listening position himself, um, and he takes a posture of prayer. He says, let me hear what God the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace to his people, to his saints. But let them not turn back to folly. The psalmist sees God's preferred future. What Christians offer us today, or what Christmas offers us today. We may not always look for for a messianic prophecy in Psalms. But here in the final verses of the psalm, verses 9 to 13, listen to what he says. The psalmist says, surely his salvation is near to those who fear him. That glory may dwell in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Faithfulness springs up from the ground, and righteousness looks down from the sky. Yes, the Lord will give what is good, and our land will yield its increase. Righteousness will go before him and make his footsteps away. Salvation, glory, 
the meeting of steadfast love and faithfulness, the kissing of righteousness and peace and righteous footsteps of the Lord making a way for you and me. This is what the psalm writer hears and sees in Israel's future. And it came to in Mary's baby, the word made flesh. God, becoming a human being, changes everything. Christianity is the only religion in which God enters history to solve human struggle with sin. Jesus leaves the Father's side, lives the perfect life that God's holiness requires. Jesus takes the sin of every person on himself. That means he's taken all of your sins and all of those who are listening and all those who aren't here. Jesus takes them and willingly suffers their consequences and punishment. Paul writes in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. Thus Jesus dies. And then he is raised never to die again, making his footsteps away for all who believe in him. What the psalm writer longed for, Jesus completed. And yes, you and I will have recurring ups and downs, walking with God. Sinners will sin. It's what you and I do. And God will forgive. It's what God does. Ups and downs, down and ups. Yet now on the other side of Christmas and the cross, the other side of Jesus' resurrection, you and I live with a certain victory. We come to the manger knowing the whole story and knowing its end. Not as a prayer or of a prophetic dream for the future, but as the truth as history, as reality. We know why the baby came. We know what he has accomplished for us. In the words of the psalm writer, in Jesus, glory dwells in our land. Steadfast love and faithfulness meet, and righteousness and peace kiss each other. Eugene Peterson, a pastor, wrote the uh, paraphrase of the Bible called The Message. This is what he says in John 1.14. I think it's great words for us today. He writes, the word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. For all the wrappings around Christmas each year, you and I must not lose the wonder of the incarnation. That giant stoop from heaven to earth, like a human being becoming a gnat, God moved into the neighborhood as one of us. Jesus came down to our level so that you and I could be lifted up to live with him forever. That's how we know his love. Jesus has not only moved into the neighborhood, but he has made his home with you and me. They say home is where the heart is. In Jesus, we all have a home for Christmas. Let us pray. Show us steadfast love, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. O holy child of Bethlehem, be born in us today. Amen. By the way, Merry Christmas. Let us rise and profess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty.
Let us pray. Gracious Lord, on this day of your birth, there are those who are not able to rejoice and celebrate. Watch over all who are sick or suffering through grief and loss. Shield them with your mighty power and bring them comfort and hope through the promises of your word. Holy child of Bethlehem. Gracious Lord, through your birth, life, death, and resurrection, you brought to us the gift of salvation. Through faith in your name, we live as children of the light. Holy Child of Bethlehem. Gracious Lord, you are the word made flesh. You came to bring us light and life. Through you, we have received grace and truth. Holy Child of Bethlehem. Gracious Lord, on this day of your birth, hear our prayers and accept our praise. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly good, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, Lord our God, for you have not only promised us eternal life with you, but have also bestowed on us the gift of faith by which we can trust that by his death and resurrection, your son has fulfilled all your promises, opening up heaven to all who call on him for mercy and forgiveness. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread. And after having given thanks, he broke it. He gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And after having given thanks, he gave it to his disciples and said, Take, drink. This is the cup of the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. As often as we eat this bread and drink this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. O Lord Jesus Christ, only Son of the Father, in giving us your body and blood to eat and to drink, you lead us to remember and confess your holy cross and passion, your blessed death, your rest in the tomb, your resurrection from the dead, your ascension into heaven, and your coming for the final judgment. So remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray, Our Father. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Please be seated.
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. We sing, now sing, we now rejoice. Amen. Please be seated. Merry Christmas.
Thank you all for being here uh, this morning. I don't really have any announcements other than go celebrate the birth of Christ, share it with the neighborhood, right? You got that from Psalm 85? Jesus went into the neighborhood, and that's where he sends us to. So go into the neighborhood, shout from the rooftops. But be careful if you do climb up to the rooftop, right? The pastor said to do it. Yeah, okay. <laughs> do that too. Um, you all know what next Sunday is, right? We expect you all to be here. It's January 1st. No December 31st excuse. So come in peace, serve the Lord. Merry Christmas.